a podcast that gives the voice to the African diaspora to share inspire, inspiring and insightful stories to inspire a new generation on the African continent. Today, our guest is the amazing Joe, all the way from life. She's a student doctor, a leader, a speaker, entrepreneur. Um, Joe, welcome to our podcast and you're welcome. Thank you, Jeff. I'm glad to be here or participate in your podcast. Okay. Um, usually I ask my guests, the first question is, who are you? What have you done? and everything but today i'll just ask you have an amazing gift you, you you're in many things you're a student doctor you're a leader you're a writer entrepreneur motivational speaker um so among all these roles which one best defines you at this moment <laughs> oh i would, i am a mixture of so many things because uh right now i i have built has made me to be currently a student doctor, a motivational speaker, an entrepreneur, a writer. So it's just things that I am. So I am versatile, if I should say it that way. I think that you can refer to me. So in some of you, I am a leader and a doctor. So I think it it won't be so prudent if I just limit myself to a specific type of career. Uh, do you feel like the more career paths you pursue, the better you become as a person. Of course, and the more career paths are pursued, the chance of leaving a legacy on the lives of so many, not just a certain type of a certain few. So I have the advantage to leave my impart myself in all of my talents. Okay, uh, that's nice to know. Uh, so fascinated me was the part of motivational speaker. I've seen your videos before. I've, you have a channel um, where you spread a lot of positivity to people. I just want to ask, um, what is your major message in your motivational speaking videos? And why did you start? Okay, so uh, I have always had the passion of stopping to transform the lives of people by talking to them. I feel like my voice alone can use to transform society. And I never had, I have always been able to create, to be able to get a platform that I can express myself and part on them. But I wasn't having the, the platform. And if to have the platform, due to my career path of pursuing medicine, I had no chance. And I felt like the years is going bad and I'm getting older. And so it is better if I create my own platform because the internet is there. So I felt like if if I create my own platform, it will be a major means of which I can reach out to people and express feel and way to be able to solve societal problems. And on the other hand, my motivational video is to enlighten people to take a chance to envision whatever you think about, whatever you dream about, try and bring it to reality like life. So it is my major my major message that people should be extraordinary even if they have they think they have ordinary talents. This is your ordinary talent that can benefit them and the world at last. Okay. That's good. Um, you know, right now we are in a generation where mental health is a big thing. You know, depression and anxiety and all these and life's challenges. This was the pandemic that has happened and many youth are having mental health challenges. So do you address that in your in your talks, in your videos, the mental health struggles that the youth are facing? Okay, so I haven't really done a video about mental health. I'm not sure if I've done this. So I'm not really sure if I've done a video about mental health. 
but I've written a paper. So I've written a, I published a paper in 2020, make about mental health in my country. And it was also broadcasted on key news platforms. So I really gave an awareness about mental health and how it affects. So what are your views on mental health among the youth? You as Joel, you said you have. Okay. Yeah. So mental health is a very cardinal issue that most and it it is really destroying the lives of so many people. And mental is not is not a situation that is caused by a single person. All of us have placed in the thoughts of people. We don't know like people even we meet today. For example, typical scenario of we youth. The the common thing that we experience is heartbreak. It's you you are breaking somebody's heart and it's personally affecting them. And you feel like they will be fine. They are doing okay. But that's the very thing they are sobbing every night and they cannot even think properly. So I have them of depression like twice in my life, a very severe depression. And I know it wasn't from my mom. It wasn't from my family. It was just from a friend, you know. So we play a very major role in depress depressing the people around us. So based on us, I think there is a way to eradicate, uh, you know, mental abuse. Health is very essential and we should be able to cherish it and most especially kiss and what we say to them and act towards them. Okay, um, that's a nice insight. Um, so in your motivational videos, um, you tell people how to embrace positivity, embrace their goals, life and everything like that. Um, do you believe that sometimes people will sit back and be like, why is Joel telling us this? Do you feel that maybe in the comment section or maybe among your friends, like people like, why, why is Joel telling me this? What have you achieved? You know, like that. People judging, spreading that good message to them. Yeah. How do you cope with it? I know that. Actually, that was before I even started recording motivational content. I felt like motivational speaker and they give motivation based on their previous trail into success. And I feel like <laughs> I I am not yet successful on the journey of being, becoming successful and I'm trying every day to reach my ultimate goal. Myself many times like if I've been giving motivational speeches to people successful, how are they going to take it? Then I felt like there is always the chance that I have to impart. It doesn't matter whether I feel so many times or it doesn't matter whether I mean believe me or not. What I know is that the message I'm giving it is very essential and if you listen to it it could help impart your life. I'm a human being. I'm, I could give an error sometimes. I'm very imperfect. So I, I use even my messages myself sometimes when I feel really down and I feel like it can help me. Because my motivation doesn't come from me or the people around me. It comes from God. I will always say if, if I feel like my motivational inspiration comes from me, I will definitely. But sometimes I don't publish a video like over a month. Or sometimes I publish a video to have inspiration. And if I do not have inspiration, definitely I cannot record things that I have in my mind that I speak out to people. I personally feel like it doesn't just a gift that God gave me to be able to use my voice out there to be able to. Okay. Um, you've said some good points there. Um, your inspiration comes from the word of God. So I'll take that that most of your your messages are derived from the Bible, not so. Say it, it's direct from the Bible because I don't back them with scriptures. According to the life of Jesus, this is how we should live. We should be kind. We should be there for other people. And being there for other people is being your brother's keeper or being uh, giving a shoulder to someone. If I am 
using my voice to give out to people, like speak out to people, positive things, way for we Christians to be able to live because it's the sign of Christ. When Christ lives on, he did everything he did was very positive. He was there even for people that didn't like him. He was there giving them good voice every day. So I feel like this is in line with the teaching. Okay. Um, another thing, um, your, the last part about your motivational speaking attribute is have you what has been your biggest highlight when it comes to your motivational speaking journey have has someone reached out to you and be like joel thank you for the message have you felt an impact within you and the society you've been with or, or among your friends what has been your major highlight of course i have in that journey I've, I've had a lot of positive feedback most especially book page because i feel like i have a wider audience on facebook in my which had also have a large audience there so most people reach out to me in people from my country and they tell me these things you are saying i really felt inspired about and then i bumped into your video it is very touching so keep doing what you do. i'm moved at those things you know it, it really you know inspire me to keep on doing those sometimes <laughs> sometimes i feel a little you know off path especially when i first started when you post a video i mean you just have limited view down then i talked to myself i had to counsel myself and say this thing i'm doing need praises from people i'm not doing it for everybody to like me i'm doing it because i've died i want to leave an impact that even tomorrow if i leave this earth those videos one, one day people will recognize those things you know make references to it and say yeah, she left her voice behind okay nice uh that's inspiring i must admit nice i really like that um now i'm going to talk about your leadership attribute um you're a leader um tell us more about your leadership attribute okay so i am a leader really uh, you know uh exercise my leadership capacity is in the student so basically liberian student community even though i work with series of audience that you know volunteer and give my services to them but my leadership joined back in in college pursuing my first degree in liberia and I felt gender was dominant in politics. And they always limited, you know, limited flight. I have the potential. Look at these guys. Whatever they are saying, I can say too. Look, um, that was just not the only thing. I felt like there is a huge difference I can make in the student. So I must pursue it. I cannot always say to myself, feel like doing anything. It will not prove that I cannot do it at all. So if I want to, like, you know, correct, I have to get involved. So that's how I got into student politics back home, tremendous impact in the lives of people that still lives on, that people make references. And after I came to China, uh, I saw the Liberian student leadership was a bit busy because of my schedule and I have to work and, and to go to school. I couldn't get involved. Then after a while, I felt like there are some things that need to put in people. Luckily, I haven't contested for any elected position yet, ordering to become the Liberian student union in china president next so <laughs> so i just accepted the appointment by ex-president that he wanted me to work with his government because he has heard so many that agreed and now i serve the liberian students in shanghai union so working with the current government and serving as the president hopefully next year <laughs> okay that's good so i want to ask um do you plan on entering politics sometime in the future in liberia yes that is another side of my um, 
ambition because I'm a very um yeah I intend to run run on the political scene in my country future. It's not now. It's de definitely a long term plan because if we don't change it, and there are so many mistakes, current leaders and that I feel like I can I can help to make an impact. I can also be if you want somebody if you want something to be done very well, it's better you do it yourself to get into Liberian politics in the future i don't know where i'm hopefully looking at the senate firstly and maybe i will accelerate to other because i have intentions of running on the national scene in liberia so wow if you run i'll support you part of the world i'll be <laughs> <laughs> okay um speaking speaking about liberian politics to be honest from what i grew up reading i think for women I think it's easier because you once had a female president, Ellen Johnson Salif. Mm -hmm. And I feel like for ladies, it's easier to go to mosque because you have an exo cup to compare to other African countries that basically don't have any lady in their history. So do you think yeah. like politics in Liberia and Africa in general is now favoring the ladies? to take part is it a level there are some challenges we are trying to create we are trying to create a society of gender equality so women haven't been totally favored because men are still dominant in poly in my country liberia and i believe in other parts of africa but women i must say they are really trying their best to be able to level up to the level sorry to the men male gender <laughs> Yeah, so it's not an easy. People don't believe in females. They feel like our mindset is very narrow, and we get persuaded, and we can easily be deceived. So they really don't put their trust in women. Women trying to support their friends, but yet and still, other women are responsible for women down. So that that is still difficult because we do actually gender in our favor, but some of them are against us. So with that, it's women to to be able to totally dominant don't uh, do uh, part of my country library but we are trying yeah it's good especially when you have the youth like you and other you know trying to build a better future for everyone in africa um now another attribute of your life which, which i'm interested in is your entrepreneurial journey i think almost everyone almost everyone who comes to china has that need to chase the business side of it because they told china is business china their goods china is everything um so tell us about your 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 business so i started a mini business back and it was about creating tarts so i could create shirts with tarda or print a uh, face cap with doing it since I was in uh, in, in uh, pursuing my first degree back home. I run a business. I, I'm somebody, I don't like to be broke. <laughs> Let's get that. I, I kept on doing this small business to be able to sustain myself, even though I was, but I just always needed more. And I need to have more to be able to render help to others. When God helped me, I came to China and I looked at the surrounding, I'm like, wow, everyone needs back home. So let me get into you know clothing and stuff so then i started a business that i'm running right now it's called elegant fashion there are others and i get whatever you need from china basically clothing i'm not um, you know sending things and i feel like they are too big and i don't have the, the time to do that ship them back home and i have people in my country selling okay um do you think um right now with the 
economies right now, the global economy is not right. There's COVID supply chain issues, the war in Ukraine and all that. So the, the inflation is high and everything. Has that affected you so far in your business operations? Oh, I, I, I wouldn't say that because uh, it's just a small, uh, you know, a small entrepreneur business. It affect me anyway. I, I think I make more money because the... <laughs> <laughs> they are able to come to China and buy goods. So for this reason, they have run out of supply things. But we that are in China, we still have the advantage of getting those things, you know, that cannot be shipped back home. So it gives me more advantage to be able to get a lot of back home. And I have lots of customers that come, you know, trying to get them. Unless they not have the advantage to come to China. So that in no way affects me. In fact, it is even helping me to generate money. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting. Um, now on, we're talking about your medical side, which is your profession. Um, from the time probably I knew um Chinese medicine, and the way the way I kind of take it is, why is it that have kept have kept their traditional medicine and it's even recognized by the World Health Organization, but we Africans have our own traditional medicine and it's usually decided. Yeah. Why is there that inconsistency? So I. I think the biggest problem here is Africa is behind when it comes to and for your medicine to be recognized it should have some level of scientific proof so Chinese medicine is not totally scientific it is holistic Africa it will take a great deal of time for Africans you know to start practicing it may be necessary that African African medicine has some effects but African and we don't have lots of technology and equipment to be able to prove our medicine organization has to approve your medication or your medicine before it can be because if it's not done that way it is a big fraud you know you know global human rights so i think the reason is because africans have their medicine or have some scientific proof about their medicine and that will take <laughs> okay um do you think these traditional medicine can effectively work in africa Oh, uh, what I would say is, I don't know about some other, uh, once a medicine is effective, it is definitely effective for humans because they have done this in experimental trials on, on Africans, on some African Americans, and it really proves some level of effectiveness. So not all, so not all Chinese medicine will be able to treat everyone in Africa, but Chinese will have significance that could be of a positive factor or positive you know, to Africans. Okay. Um, I know I'm kind of interested in the medicine part because <laughs> I feel like before the Europeans came, okay, yes, Africans were dying, but we had our own herbs and stuff that we're using to treat and we're still living. We'll get treated. And just that right now, there have been, you know, we are flooded with a lot of Western medicines. Um, uh, my my question to you, someone who has seen the Chinese version, the Western version, and has an insight on the African version, in case there is a global pandemic that is with Africa right now, how should we manage our medicine supply? Should we manufacture on our own or should we keep importing? I wish Africa would not rely on any other continent, right? So African medicine, I believe right now is the time for Africans to collect collect to advance this medicine and make sure it is very effective like carry on to show that african medicine is effective because if if african medicine is effective on africans but you cannot just come and tell someone that we apply this kind of medicine this person so it means that we should use it all over africa no that's why we have the world under one umbrella 
So we cannot stand on our own yet. Things can marginalize their medicine. Africa might still rely on West. Um, what do you think is the biggest issue for the medical sector in Africa? <laughs> okay, the biggest problem that's with the medical sector in Africa, and I'll just give a few points with my attention, is the struggle of students, medical students, under so much pressure in Africa, and I feel like even drown them to depression sometimes. But I think Uganda from high school you can just get to medical school. But in high school mm. you have to you have to go and get a first degree before you can go to school. That's too long. Before you realize a person is already like thirty their first medical degree. So how are they going to get, you know, a resident socialized? And it becomes a big factor because it put a it put a, a burden on start their family and chase their other goals so they are able to specialize you know, limit this to my country liberia i i feel like uh, liberia is suffering a, a lot of specialized surgeons or a lot of specialized doctors because but most of them are just general doc because of the time put on them kid like get to get to you know specialized school and opportunities we have schools that you know that, that will help students to become specialized doctor with opportunity to travel abroad and be able to advance our knowledge in medicine in in, in liberia i feel like the educational system is a good one but it's and i feel like liberia lacks a lot of you know surgeons and a lot of specialized in africa we need a lot of equipments even though the equipment are very expensive on these kind of projects because once you have a very good health facility, health, people will not suffer or struggle too much for their basic needs. Okay, um, I just want to say, do you, you know, there's a lot of brain drain happening in Africa when it comes to medical personnel. Um, qualified mm -hmm. doctors don't want to work in Africa because of salaries, working conditions, end up working in other countries what do you think you as a medical personnel can encourage you to go back let's say to liberia and change the medical system the way you want it to be changed without you leaving in Ibra? you come back home and change it the way it has to be changed positive what can encourage you i personally i cannot do that do that on my own i would say i cannot use a government support that's a very big project that individual cannot shoulder. Personally, I feel like after I get my degree, it may not be immediately. But after I get because I'm studying integrated Western and Chinese medicine, so it's intertwined. Now in my country, Western medicine is a major form of medical practice there. So at Liberia, instead of going to work under somebody, I want to create job opportunity medical workers. And if I become very successful, especially for now they want to fund projects to be able to send students abroad to study more and major is that it is very it is a kind of medicine that is very affordable so since the iron people struggle to have funds to be able to go to private hospitals i feel like this hospital i intend to open will be able to help them to that like they to afford this kind of medical bills to treat themselves so this is just what i think like liberia needs me to be able to open the people can be trained, even physician assistants, you know, health workers can be able to serve the people of Liberia. Um, now, apart from now, your attributes, now in general, you've stayed in China for a couple of years. I just want to ask, um, what's that attribute of China that you like and would want to export to Liberia? That characteristic about 
Chinese culture or the government or just the place? Okay, there are so many things I want to take back to my country. But first of all, what I say, Chinese, they are very patriotic. They, they owe their respect to their country. What is Chinese? They would prefer Chinese over any other person or any other, right? So I feel like Africa, Liberia, if we decide to love ourselves and support ourselves, we can definitely become great. Because China has become great today because they support each other. We may not see the love there, but we, we can see that they have love. Like they respect, and, and one of the very significant things about China is that the Chinese people respect their law. So African people, we there in Africa, in Liberia, to so the law, because we feel like, we can break the law and because we know people in office like in the government we can just walk away without being without being held with our consequences of the actions we carried out so i feel like we need to betray first of all is that i really wish many times that uh africa liberia develop someday as compared to china i think our leaders just need to have that about the country and love our country more to be able to create a path Okay, you as leader in Liberia, what are your views on China relations? A lot has been written, some positive, some negative. You have been able to live in Africa and China. What are your views on China-Africa relations? Okay, so I personally think China has a relationship, a very good relationship with some African countries, specifically African leaders. When it comes to individualism, like when, when we appear, Chinese have diplomatic ties with China, but then we as individuals living here, we are exempted from that. Like it looks good, it looks good from the outside, but if you are in, it's not yielding the result that you expected that it should have had. Like we, there are so many countries in Africa that English is their first language. To China, you are discriminated by Americans and people from countries. They will prefer them. Over over you because they feel like for example literally all your life oh i speak english even better than this person but then in china they will tell you that we can't give out a native speaker okay i'm not a native what am i <laughs> i've spoken in studied english in school and they will still demand that you need to provide certain level of english paper to prove that you you speak english or maybe you may have schooled in the, uh, the china africa relationship i feel like china has a tight without a government but if we are allowed to come to china i feel like if we have because if you are in china you you but i personally feel like your days are numbered something can just pack today and you can find yourself back home in africa without any plan. and i feel like uh, we we does not have the total freedom that we think we will have and most of all is that we are being discriminated the fight that but we are able to get a job in china is a whole process and it is more easy like the United States and even people from Canada and other developed countries than China. So I feel like even though China has a very good diplomatic, but sometimes we are being treated unjustly in China. So the government has to, you know, strengthen that kind of China where foreigners can have equal rights as compared to other people from other developed countries. Yeah, find that there are lots of African countries that speak English. English is like, but when we come to China, maybe we are limited when it comes to teaching English. If you're not a native, you're not an English native, so we cannot give you this job. They would prefer to give from the United States or other developed countries that have limited level of education. You that is an African, the fact that you are an African, they feel like you are not competent enough. Um, If I'm 
to say, do you think China wasn't ready for intern student education, international um, African students and all that being in China compared to, because only China started rapid development maybe like 40 years ago. Do you think mm-hmm. they just weren't ready? Uh, actually, I would say uh, they were not ready because if you are entertaining foreigners in your country, it ends there are lots of things you have to consider. You have to consider the fact that they are coming from, they have different culture. They are already used to a different kind of lifestyle. So you have to create, able to fade in. They can be able to fade in, but then the Chinese traditional system uh, is something that cannot be reversed, I must say. So it's like the current system that we see here. But I feel like there should be some level of, you know, t- especially foreign students so for example take for example the pandemic issue there are some in school foreign students they were locked up like it it, it doesn't you know well mentally because the fact that you have been locked up for so long and seeing that your counterparts have the opportunity to go out and meet their family and stay with their family some some sort of injustice i feel because first of all we lived in china we do have parents close to us so it's already like it's already like you know we miss them a lot so we have to have a very joyous atmosphere to be able to we can be locked up inside for so long even if, if you know like all oh, the pandemic has that and chinese chinese student has some sort of rights to be able to go back to their family and come i think you should leave foreign students also to just tour the town or tour in to be able to have some sort of peace okay um use on Chinese international education? Uh, I, I have spoken to a couple of students and they feel like it's it's a great deal of barrier for them because uh, they feel like, oh yeah, I'm to study in English and the Chinese, the Chinese language, they, their English is not up to what they expect. I, I wouldn't say this because uh, I must say in, in my program, my school has done a lot when it comes to Chinese international students, instructors, and professors. So most of my professors have had some sort of international education, so it's good. So it makes it create a scene that is more favorable for international students. Other students have communicated with they find it very difficult, especially those that are doing bachelor. Professor cannot convey the information to them very well to understand. They, the most of the things practice self-study. So they cannot have equal opportunity like, like Chinese students have more um, more understanding of the lesson than foreign students. Because Chinese teachers don't want to tell you what to do or don't want to relate it. If you the language is a big barrier, they are still struggling to level up their international standard. And I think it will take a great deal of time for for be very competent when it comes to speaking English to to make international students. Okay, um, then, um, an insight of being an African international activities in general. I must be really thankful that you highlighted some issues. Um, now we are coming to our last segment of the show, um, Heathrow, just five questions. Um, the first question is, Apart from Liberia, you are the favorite African country, and why? <laughs> I would say Africa is a beautiful continent, and there is there there's just, you know distinct behavior of African people in every part of. We cannot compare them with others, but I would say I love um, Republic of Congo, the fact that the 
the people of Congo, like the ones very open minded, they are very friendly and they fit in every like they can nationality. They do not take pride in themselves, but they are very workers. One of the things that is very intriguing for me to meet people from Democrat, unlike other African countries, some African people, when you meet them, they are very, it's based on their culture. That's how they were raised. But Congolese, <laughs> as you meet them, they are very open, open kind of people. And you can just go ahead and have. Have you ever heard of Congolese Lingala? Their music? Oh, people yeah. Like Coffee Lamide. I really love <laughs> yeah, please. I love I love Congolese Lingala. I must I must be honest. I love most especially their gospel song. I don't I don't I can tell you more about their circular than some of them, but I can't remember any of them. But I think Congolese gospel there is just simple music. And when I listen to Lingala songs, I feel like I'm more connected in worship than even like listening to songs in English. Even though I don't, but I just feel myself connecting with Congolese. Lingala. Gala songs. Okay, our second question is um, what makes Liberia special apart from other countries in the world? Mm -hmm. Give me that distinct, unique thing that makes Liberia stand out from other countries in the world. Because every country has that. Liberia is sustained based on the Liberian people. The li they are very kind. They are kind sort of people. And they are they are more parents are more welcoming. I haven't gone to other African countries, but I can just <laughs> base my judgment and say like Liberian people, they are the most welcoming kind of people in sorry to Uganda. <laughs> I'm so sorry to other African people are so down to earth. They know how to connect with with anyone across Liberian men see you here today or maybe you are a foreigner and you enter Liberia and you think they are going to Liberians, that's not true. They are going to even heal you. <laughs> they are going to heal like you were from Liberia and they'll make you feel at home. So Liberian people, they are very kind, they are very patient and they are so welcoming. And another thing is that I love the Liberian because no matter which part of the world you are, it is more easy to eat Liberian food. <laughs> we have so much pepper, but it, it depends. Like some food don't have pepper in it. Liberian culture is beautiful and I love our tradition so much. The fact that uh have respect for elders, even though our tradition is trying more than or is shown away, but there are still some of those things that we hold on to. So Liberia is like motherland so much and most especially the freedom in Liberia. You have freedom to do everything. You have freedom to say whatever you want to say to anyone, no matter who you are. Yeah, tolerate violence, but there is freedom of speech for everyone. Liberia is a free country. Okay, uh, that's nice. Um, the last single question on this segment is, I usually ask people their favorite African personality. Some will say their parents, some will say because they, they don't like celebrities, this and this and this. You as Joel, <laughs> who is that African person that you look up to and you have that sense of inspiration, something like a role model? In all those attributes, you do all in a single attribute, be it leadership, be it business, be it in your motivational speaking journey. Okay, so my Liberian personality, African personality that I so much look up to is a Liberian. And he's from Liberia, and his name is Dr. Christian. And he's a medical scientist. He invented a, a, a mini test tube that they use in Liberia to be able to. He 
easily detect whether a person has the virus or not. He has recently created another test tube that you can easily use to detect whether something. And he has made tremendous impact in Africa, not just Liberia, but other African countries. Recently, he was in Togo. He kept living legacy. So he, he's somebody that I look up, not only get engaged with his medical career, he liked politics, <laughs> involved into politics. So I feel like I, I look up to him as an inspiration because I love medical. The thing I love the health sector. I want to leave an impact in people's politics. I love to lead, and that, that is just who he is. So I really appreciate the fact that he really look up to him for some sort of inspiration as it relates to my career. Um, the last question is: I'm going to say five words, and you tell me your mind when I say them. Are we okay? Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the first word is the first word is China. Okay. When you said China, what your name? Okay, the next one is money. For money, first thing that came to my mind is financial stability. Thinking about me, moment you said money, I feel like oh, I need to be financially stable. <laughs> okay, and the the next one is feminism. Okay, the moment you mentioned feminism, I had a little deep thought. I think you can see I just envision women being uh globally recognized, even though we are. I thought of women being dominant on the global scene in every capacity. And for example, in China, I think uh, the ideology of gender equality is cherished because you can see works that you thought men should be doing, women are also. So I feel like this should be recognized all over the world, not just certain job for gender, you know? So I feel like women have to participate in politics and even like women has to get involved even into more into entrepreneurship and even creating more. instead of waiting for their male counterparts to do all of the major things and take major roles society. So I really envision women someday to become a globalist for their great work and gender balance in every sector. Okay, uh, social media. <laughs> when you talk about social media, I thought of Facebook. <laughs> Let's talk about, I, I thought of Facebook because the, the moment you have a, a social media, Facebook has wider audience than maybe, I don't know, I stand to be corrected, the audience than other social media app because everyone, everyone, literally everyone. So like Facebook creates a platform for each and every person to have their ideas and their thoughts. No matter which language you are saying it in, you, it can be translated. Your English is, you can be able to lay your information. So social media has brought a way that uh, somebody being far away in another continent can know, know what's happening in Africa. And social media has created a platform where we have great people can be able to use their talents to bring them the income they need. For example, let's take in YouTube. People create contents and then they publish it and people follow it and like the comment on it and based on the views of the videos they get money they get paid i feel like social media is very essential to moiding to the moiding we cherish even though it has some side effects but effect than the side effects okay um we've come to the end of our interview i must admit it was a nice i'm happy that you after the invitation and you came and thank you so much for coming thank you so much i'm glad that i was here to be able to share my idea with you work and i'm very open anytime to be called on your podcast all of you to give my idea clearly on where i stand you know on issues thank you